Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sales Throwdown. We are back talking about fourth quarter, right? End of the year. Yeah, Clint is already grimacing. Christmas, Thanksgiving. Nobody wants to talk to salespeople. Nobody wants to spend anything. The only exclusion to this is Nanette and Al, who's, who's finally everybody's deductibles is finally paid off. So this is their busy season. So it's, it's interesting to see the, the differences in how this stuff goes. So we want to kind of talk about like, where are we in relation to what, what we thought was going to happen, right? Especially with all everything that's changed this year. And what's your plan between now and December 31. Clint, what do you got, man? What it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. No. Uh, uh, on, in all seriousness, you know, the, the dreaded fourth quarter, right? For most people, uh, the other two on this podcast, they, they probably freaking love it. Uh, for most people, fourth quarter is just dreadful, man, because you got people going on vacation for weeks at a time. No decision makers are – or there and ready, readily available. Um, uh, even even in my own office, I don't even know that I can order office supplies after October first. Right? It's like no, no more red pens. We're not spending a dime. I've got all the numbers figured out for the rest of the year. January one, come talk to me. We'll get you some red pens. You know, like it. It. But the thing is, is that's every, that's most people, right? Because man, your projections you project all year, you project all year, and at some point those have to become real financially right because you have to most people are dealing with a corporate entity where they have to uh project upwards right so well you hit it it's accountability time right here's what we spent we now only have this much more to go so we can project what that looks like and sales is either exceeding or lagging and now what do we do about it yep so you know for me i always say especially in construction q1 and q2 and q3 uh, those are your months to sell for book and burn of the relative year that you're in, right? Um, and everybody's on a little bit different uh, fiscal year. Some people go January 1, some people are over um, September, uh, at the end of September. Um, but I will tell you that it's really hard to book jobs, at least in construction or any long lead time business. It's really hard to book jobs now in October, November, December, and actually burn the revenue off the sale that you made in those three months, right? So Q4 is is usually in in a good year. Now we're not talking 2020 because God help us all. This this year sucks for everybody. But that that sale is made for 2021 going into the new quarter one Q2 Q3 building backlog, right? And uh, you know we probably don't get down in the nitty gritty of uh, a lot of sales terminology on this show, but the backlog is so so important to, you know, you talk about you want to do sales, you know, $20 million in sales or $20,000 in sales in 2021. It starts in, it starts about halfway through the year before, right? And, and now we're coming to that point where everything you touch, everything that you're negotiating now, by the time you get the deal done, by the time you actually start to burn revenue, it's in the next, it's in the next fiscal year, right? So it's very tough because you feel you're winning, you sell $10 million, right? But it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't count almost, right? To the year that you're in. So this is tough times, right? And all the mistakes that you have now, or all the gas that you have now, or your lack of participation quarters ago, 
not today. So like as a sales leader, right, and in, in, in managing a team of people and you know how difficult it is, how do, you, how do you motivate people to go out and do their activities, do their follow-ups, do these things when, when you know, in the, and on some part of your mind, you're like, man, this, is, this sucks. Like, like how do well, you? Yeah. yeah, that's tough, right? Because this year, because of Corona, Q2 was a typical Q4, right? Because Q2 was nobody would spend a dime. Nobody was invested in anything. And you can probably rewind these episodes all the way back till March, April, May of us talking about just like, holy shit, what are we going to do? But typically Q1, two, and three are, you know, you, you really, for at least me as a sales leader or a salesperson in general, I set my goal in three months, not four, right? I set them Q1 through Q3 because Q4 is prep for the next year. Like I, I, I just kind of switched that um, role in my head because I'll even show you like on, on my charts, for sales in a typical year, Q4 is, it's pennies compared to the rest of the months. I'm not focused on selling and burning money in Q4. I'm worried about selling back. Like anything is a bonus in Q4 in my book. Because once November hits, you got hunting seasons, you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmases, you got, you know, just every holiday, New Year's, people are going to take off a couple weeks. All those decision makers go away till about middle of January in most businesses. So, um, you know, I really focus on doing everything in one, two, and three. And it's just the business I'm in. So do you, do you double down on training? Like, like, like what, uh, because I, I know you're planning for the next year and stuff like that, but like, you know, you have people under you and they're, and they're supposed to be getting backlog. I mean, how do you thread that needle? Oh, um, I, nobody else knows that goal, I guess, the, that we're flatlined in the NQ4. Right. So everybody thinks the goal is still the same as it was the last three months, the last five months. Right. So still pressing on because everything is a push. Every, everything you can get, go get it. Right. Um, the only difference is, is that I won't take lower margin work in Q4 like I would in Q2 and three, one, two and three. Right. Because I need revenue for the year. So for me, I, I book a little bit. I, I, I hold out a little bit more, right? So, hey, does that project really fit us? Does it really fit something? Because here's what you're selling. You're selling future work, right? And when May of 2021 pops up, but you took a, let's say a 3% gross margin job in, in October because you wanted to sell something, now your accountants and your construction teams or your VP of operations, they have to deal with a loser in a profitable year. And that's tough, right? So I always focus on anything I sell in Q4 to be a very profitable in the year coming, right? And I, I'm a little more, I, I hold out a little bit more. That's yeah. really interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's that's an interesting observation. Uh, you know, John nailed it on, on our side of the fence. Um, you know, this is when people don't want to go into another year with a big staring at a big deductible. So if you got a big ticket item um, or even just, you know, lab work and some of the things that we get in the frontline clinics, they get it done now. And um, you know, COVID put a little bit of a damper on us, but it actually COVID from a clinical standpoint, you know, we stayed busy. We just couldn't do surgeries because they were, you know, of the elective nature and they needed the space for other things. But uh, but Nan's seen one of her doctors really 
get on his high horse. I mean, she's got a, you know, one of her accounts is, is going gangbusters. Um, so, you know, we anticipate that low back pain and, and spinal injury, musculoskeletal injuries, they didn't go away. They just kind of got put on the shelf and they put a Band-Aid on them until they could get to better times. And now I think it's going to be the hustle and bustle that we, you know, we've seen in the past. Do you think you're going to see less of a rush this holiday season compared to like what you normally do? Because so many people might have been doing less and not hitting those deductibles. Are you concerned about that? Um. You know, there is a little bit of a concern about that, but I know we have here, – here's our biggest problem right now, and I, I faced it today, with um, not having loved ones in the hospital with you for extended stays on bigger bigger events. And case in point, we've got a patient who, you know, she wants her husband to be able to spend the night. She's going to be in the hospital for about a week, and we're having some logistic issues because of the number of people, because as you bring more surgeries in, you have more people in that building. And so it exceeds the capacity, you know, from an infectious disease standpoint, the closer we are together, the more likely you're going to have COVID along with staff and other, other infectious diseases. And so the, the hospitals being pretty stringent about those measures and some patients are backing out. They don't want to spend a week in the hospital by themselves or on Zoom talking to their loved ones. So, yeah, there's a new dynamic out there. We're just doing our best to work around it. Plus, I do think, I don't know, you know, who can predict, but it, it does appear we're going to have more cases coming with, I mean, I don't know, Dr. Daniel, you're probably the person to. More cases of what? COVID. COVID cases, okay, because we call surgeries cases as well. Oh, so I didn't. Know. Yeah, I just think that we potentially could go through another April. You know, again, I don't know, but which will make all of our business go slower as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would guess in the healthcare field that you probably had a lot of people over the summer get laid off from their pro or their jobs. So you probably lost a lot of healthcare too to people that just. Normally in a normal year, like, oh, I'm just going to get that surgery because I can, and they can't this year, right? We are, uh, when you look at our patient demographics, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, so we see a lot of people who are in the airline business. In the airline business, October 1, you know, they just, they just laid off, um, what was it, anticipated 39,000 employees uh, uh, across a couple of different airlines that all fly out and have representation, not only in the Metroplex, but in our patient population. So, you know, that is a concern because we rely on, you know, we do some cash work, but it's very small. So, yes, we have, you know, lots of police officers, lots of firemen. We have, uh, you know, a lot of people that work from home. If there's a, you know, if there's a, a trickle effect into our area, we're going to face some of that too. Our patients just won't be able to afford the health care that they need because they're, they're uninsured. And when you're like, when you're thinking about that, like how much of a revenue drop off do you think stems from, you know, the, the people being laid off and people not hitting their deductibles? I mean, like, do you think it's half for this last no, quarter? No, no. At, at this point, it's, it's not there. I mean, we're seeing business as usual. 
But we now, as of today, have airline employees that just got furloughed. Now, do they carry their their insurance package with them? Some of them are given that opportunity. And some of it's a, hey, we'll we'll carry these benefits while we furlough you. We're just not doing payroll because the federal government didn't bail us out again. And um, so depending on, it's going to be different for every industry. But I I can tell you that I, I... I think I see a little bit of a slowdown when I'm around town. I, I see cars up and down, but I ate lunch out today and the place wasn't nearly, I mean, it's a pretty popular restaurant by one of my clinics and met, met my uh, a provider and a, and a student that's with her. And I, I really did say, Hey, this is usually a definitely a more happening place around lunchtime. I mean, it made for a better meeting for us, but I, I was, I was surprised. So I think I'm seeing a little bit of that. And, you know, speak because you're doing much more of like the frontline stuff, right? These days. Well, what kind of stuff are you seeing like this fourth quarter compared to like other stuff? Is it harder to get into the, these docs? Is it, is it much more distanced and that's easier? Like, like, what are you seeing? Obviously it, you, you know, there's huge distance. A lot of offices are not seeing anybody. Um, but you know, the biggest thing is, and I think with sales, this holds true. You have to have a process. You have to adjust as, as things change. There are, there's always going to be change. You know, you just have to figure out what your process is and work it well. And I don't know if that's a little invasive, but you know, with, um, my, I just have this system and I am planning on ramping it up, you know, just really seeing that I'm going to be really busy for the last quarter. But as I stated, it it could easily go away, you know, and then you just have to come up with other things. And I think that that's really important for all of us to look at as our processes change because of what's going on, you know, but you've just got to continue on and, you know, ramp up for now, Clint, I I didn't know that Clint had this last quarter being like really difficult. That that's a completely different, I think, than all of us. I don't know, um, John. What is your last quarter like? Um, so I've kind of fallen into a couple of very unique situations that um, you know I can't really talk about on here yet. But um, you know, I'm going to be building out some bigger teams and some bigger processes and they have a lot of urgency behind them. So it right now seems very, very good for this last quarter, right? I'm trying to, um, one of the guys was like, Hey, you're kind of hard to get a hold of. And I said, yeah, I have lots of meetings. I network a lot and you know, I need to keep my prospecting up. And he goes, well, I would like you to be a little bit more available. And I was like, well, I would like some pay, right? Because (laughs) if you want me to be more available, then, then that means I need to shut down some of my prospecting or at least dial it back. And that makes me a little bit uncomfortable because sometimes these deals don't go through. Right. Which made me incredibly uncomfortable, like in that moment, because, you know, I like the guy, I like the the things he's talking about and, and stuff like this, but you know, I'm just being real. Right. Cause when I turn it off, right. It, the, the gap is not this week or next week, it's later on and stuff like that, especially depending upon how long I might have it turned off for some of these projects. And so now we're in conversations about, you know, how do I get compensated to shut all this stuff down so that way I'm more accessible and easier to get a hold of and, you know, put in more work into these projects. So 
But you, you yeah. know, John, and not not to shit on you, John, because uh, don't take it that way. Um, but you also haven't had an established baseline year oh, over sure. year yet, right? Absolutely. So, so you're 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 in growth mode, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of companies fall into this um, fall into this category: a startup company, or um, you know, they're they're let's say they're on year two or three, and they're in that constant growth because you know sometimes in those first two or three years, every metric you look at is growth, right? Yeah. But until you establish that year over year baseline, maybe for year five and six, you can compare it to, to the last where hey, I did 30, let's say, okay, let's just say I did 3 million last year and I did 3.1 this year. Now you're starting to establish a baseline mm -hmm. going into Q4 that you can project off of until you get there. It's really tough. And, and, uh, and one of the, th one of the small mistakes that a lot of startup companies I think make, is that, oh, I see huge growth in Q4. So next year, you see it on shows like Shark Tank yep. all the time. Last year in Q4, I did 600,000 in sales. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what's, what's year over year? Oh, well, if I project that curve, I'm going to do 6 million over the next five. It's like, okay, but you haven't ever hit a baseline yet, right? Yep. So, well, I'm not trying to shit on you, John. I, I, no, speaking, to the, speaking to the startups out, out there, you have to have some metric, which is a baseline to establish uh, future off of. And it, it, Clint brings up a really good point. Like my, the version of my business a year ago is dramatically different than how I'm thinking about it now. Right. I mean, I mean, a year ago, I was just really focused on process build outs and CRM build outs and everything. And in the past year, I've shifted to much more of a coach, much more of like helping like bring on commission only salespeople for people with good, you know, lead gen and stuff like that, which was not really things that I, I really, planned on doing for the bulk of my revenue and the bulk of my business. And now that I've got these new projects going on, it's like, okay, what do I need to do now? Because finding these closers for people is incredibly high touch. So it's not really scalable. And I'm kind of the only person who can do it easily. So we're going to, uh, I'm doing one last closer build right now. That, and then after that, th this will be the last one. So um, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the knowledge that I put people through into a course. And then it's like, cool, I don't do this anymore, but you know, for two grand, you can buy this course. It's got everything about how to build a process, how to vet people, assessments, everything else like that. So that way it's a little bit more automated and we're going to be shifting more towards uh, doing these live CRM builds, right? Because they're, uh, there was a guy and he wasn't using one. And I said, Hey, he'd been doing a lot of sales training and stuff. And so he kind of had his feet under him as far as like thinking about it, the way that we had talked about it and everything. And uh, we did a live CRM build. Right. And he, and he was like, this isn't going to work for me. And I was like, if we can customize it for what your needs are, would you use it? And he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And so this guy's an outside field rep. He does commercial roofing. Um, and so we hopped on a 90 minute call. I did a live right there in front of him and he got to see me building it out. So he got to see some reps of it. And afterwards I said, Hey, you know, I didn't charge you very much for this. What are your thoughts? He's like, well, I thought it was really good. And I said, what would you pay for it now? And he was like, I'd easily pay a thousand dollars for this. And I was like, cool. So that means I can peg it at 750. I can find and train someone to do that part of the interview and the build out really, really easily. And then after that, it's just maintenance and check-ins, which isn't really hard to build out. Um, but I'm going to be building a lot of sales teams over the next like couple of years. So my focus has got to be really into recruiting and building a bench and like going more into process and data and spreadsheets and stuff like that. So that way there's clarity for the other people involved. Yeah. Which is, which is, uh, which is almost tough for you, right? Cause that's, that's really impressive. Um, but as a, as a C for you, you personally, as a business owner and a business leader, like you've, you need data. 
right? And right now you have building data, but you don't have baseline data. And like for you, that might be, honestly, it might be five years until you figure out that business mm -hmm. model that works or the one or two business models that work. And uh, so, you know, luckily for you, you don't have to report to some big, you know, publicly traded corporation on why you're going to do this one year versus the next. I mean, I mean, truly, well, but, I mean, but, Clint, yeah, but Clint, I mean, you know, we all report to our families. We all report to our bill collectors. We, oh, you know, well, there's 100%. a, there's accountability and, you know, Clint, you brought up an interesting point about talking about baselines. My God, if you just started in any industry this year, or if you're a, <laughs> Wow, what a year to try to figure out. Yeah, it's just well, got to be horrible out there, but, you know? But it, well, it was going so well, then it didn't, and but then it sort of trickled back. Whoa, confusion. But, but technically, coming out of Q4, if this is your first year in, in some business, some startup, some sales job that you've never had before, this is the greatest baseline you could ever have. <laughs> Hey, because if you survive this year, man, the rest of them have to get yeah. easier. They, you, you, good point. They have you, to get if better. You had a, if you had a job in February and you retained that job as a salesperson, leader, whatever, through all of this, and you make it to January 1 of 2021, you have the best baseline to project off of, of any person on the planet. So get a load of this in my industry, because we go into the OR and we take nuts, bolts and screws, um, you know, just like you would see at a hardware store. We've seen a shuffle of middle management. You don't know. My phone is, hey, I'm now with. Right. I've got stuff I'm leaving here to go review because I just got a text. Hey, did you get a look at the instrumentation? And I know these people and I do feel for them. I really do. They've been uprooted. They've had to go find other jobs. And, you know, they're, they're not the, the, the vice presidents. They're the regional managers, right, that are, have territories. My goodness, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, been eye-opening how, how expendable that position is in many, many companies. And, and, and you know. And that's funny you, you mentioned that because I, I deal with a lot of the same stuff, right? I, oh, I used to work for this uh, supplier. Now I work for this supplier. And, oh, remember when I used to talk shit about all those people? Well, now I work for those and we're the best. You know, I <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, de I deal with those phone calls a lot. And I always laugh because when somebody calls me and says, hey, just so you know, I moved over to this company. I said, that's great, man. Hey, what's the name and number of the rep that took your spot? And it's always, <laughs> there's always no answer, right? <laughs> well, no, no, get a load of this, though. We have to rely on that. And in my industry, I, I will say something. I, I work with some sharp people. You know, healthcare has some really intelligent people in it. So uh, from the vendor side, we'll text and I'll say, hey, I'm needing tissue, right, which is dead body parts, and they just don't live on the shelf. You sort of have to find somebody who just got in a car accident yesterday and, you know, skin him down, process him and get him ready to roll. Oh, man, that's a beautiful industry. And I, so I'm texting like, hey, I need five cc's of, of stem cells, got a case over. And they were like, well, text that too. And so they, they shoot me back the person that they have to turn the sale over to. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Wow. Cause I mean, it's just on speed dial, man. You just, it's like drug deals. Hey, I need this, this volume here for a case. And I don't think it's sitting in their freezer. So, you know, uh, literally they're, they, 
yeah, it's been, been kind of hard to get all these new text numbers. Then I got, what's hard is I got to plug them in my phone because if I forget, then I got to text. Luckily, the chain <laughs> is still there most of the time because you don't want to ask a second time for the replacement's number, right? Uh, horrible. Insult, insult to injury. Holy crap. Horrible. Oh, man. Hey, I know you got canned, and I didn't care <laughs> enough last time. Um, but can you give me, can you give me the number again? Oh, and, and what's even worse though, sometimes, you know, they still haven't gotten a job. I mean, I, I we sit here and laugh about the, the nuances yeah. of it, but some of them I'm sort of checking their Facebook feed. Cause I mean, we all stay on social media and I'm, it, you know, cause they would be putting it out there. The ones that land someplace else are letting everybody know, you know, they're putting it back out there. And there's, so, there's a number of folks that just haven't, haven't spoken up. So I'm I'm asking you this, Al, because you're 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 the guy who I who I always think about is looking for the the opportunity angle, right? So if all these people are getting laid off and some of them don't have jobs, like like, but they have relationships and they've got connections and stuff, like, do you feel any? Oh, I should pounce on this person and get them in here under mine and. No, know. and and I'm going to be brutally honest. They're the middle management. You know, they ah, are. Right. Okay. They, they're 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 not connected to accounts or connected to people with accounts and we all still have jobs because we have people we're working with they were running salespeople, right mm. and they decided they didn't need any redundancy a vice president can do what a regional manager does right yep. no job security guys boom out the door good luck and so this this uh, you know the vertical you're, you're stacking more on the guy above them and you're keeping you're keeping the best, and the rest are just you know going. Hey, I I am a, I am absolutely in that same exact position where it's like just today, right? Two vice presidents and a president sitting in a room estimating a project. You know that's that's what we've come down to, right? We we will get this done when we get to the point where we cannot fulfill this need, then we'll have to hire again. But we cut all those people that did that work, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it was out of necessity. A lot of it, and we talked about this a long time ago, a lot of it was out of necessity, but a lot of it was out of poor performance, right? And when those people leave, uh, and some of them, to your point, John and, and Doc, like some of those people you see that have left, and business goes on as usual, it's really hard to hire somebody else or hire that person when nothing fell. Nothing nothing yeah. fell off the map, right? And so – you know, the, the real key to that is, uh, and, and we're getting way off topic here with the whole Q4 thing, but, um, you know, when, when you leave an industry, somebody will always fill your gap. You're not irreplaceable. I don't think anybody on this planet's irreplaceable to a certain extent. Yep. But not even you? Company, not even me. The, <laughs> fair, fair Absolutely. We are recording this, right? Yes. yes. First, first, first statement. But when people, when, when you leave a, a organization fired, you quit, whatever, and they don't say, they don't even skip a beat. You weren't, you weren't supposed to be there anyway. Right. That's just, well, that's just. And, and remember in good times, industries get heavy, right? I mean, companies yeah. get heavy. And, really and right. so it's easy to, you know, hit that mid management during prosperous times, but, whenever things start to go south or the economy gets rough, who are you keeping? Well, you got to have guys at the warehouse loading boxes and getting shipping out the door. You got to have some manufacturing. You got customer service. It's the people that manage, right? There aren't the doers. They're the overseers. Well, we've got a couple layers of overseeing 
And so, yeah, the, some of these, these people are, are, and they're good people. Don't get me wrong. They'll, they'll pick up the phone and call you back. They just weren't a key figure in getting the business done. And the business is going to stay where it's at because there's not a whole lot of people in my industry that are shifting at this time. They're staying with what they know gets them through the end of the year. And, and so Nan's shaking her head. So she, she, she knows where I'm coming from here. You just don't go with a new racehorse the, the last quarter, right? The, the, you know, the wheels are in motion. And so you got to be on the train or if you're off the train, you just got to wait till the next go round. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been told over a dozen times, you're going to regret when you get rid of me, you're going to regret this. I've, I've heard that so many times. And you know what, you know, what's funny is, I might, maybe. That's a possibility. Because I'm getting rid of you, it's a very small possibility, right? It's and I and I hope you make it, man. And I always say that I hope you go out and I hope you kill it. I hope you prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it just doesn't happen, right? There's a reason that you're in the situation that you're in. There's a reason that we're getting rid of you. There's a reason I'm getting rid of you. There's a reason that I've gotten getting rid of, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not putting it past myself. There's a reason that I'm not in the certain spots. So, um, you know, kind of off topic to the quarter four thing, but, uh, always important. Well, no, I, no, I think it's germane because this, this quarter four has got a few nuances that we haven't seen before. Right. Um, and, and, and again, we're all learning to adapt in the business environment. Cause if you think it stays the same, or you wake up in the lay of the, you know, you're kidding yourself. Things change. This is a change that we all have to adapt to. It's one we have to get through. I wouldn't even curl up in a ball and just, you know, suck yeah. your thumb. I don't think so. I think John's it, made some change. I think this change has, is making everyone smarter and stronger. I think it makes you go, oh, crap, I was being lazy or, oh, crap, I really wasn't playing this or doing this as well as I should be. And it and that's why you get rid of certain people because you're like, man, I was just being lazy. I didn't, I don't really know if we needed that person. And, you know, I, I think, uh, thank goodness there's a, what is it? A, there's silver lining to this because right. I do hear over, I, I've seen it myself, how I've gone, okay, can't do this. And then I go, God, why wasn't I doing this before then? You know, I, I, I bet we could all find an example of that in this situation. So yeah. I, I have a question for Clint. I'd, I'd like to back up a second. You were talking about the fact that whenever you have to let somebody go, you, you really sincerely wish them well, right? And we've, we've all known people who have been laid off or made a change and getting just like ridiculed. Uh, you know, there's a guy who we all know who's actually under like injunction and court order because he left his current company and, and, and was like, hey, I'll put in the two weeks if you need me to. They said yes. And now they're accusing him of ripping files and everything else like this. I mean, it's, it's kind of a big, you know, shit show, but um, where does that come from? Right. Because like, I don't think that that's necessarily part of the D D like go-to mindset, you know, like, I mean, because, you know, you talk about cutting the fat and not being the most emotionally driven person on here. How do you, how do you do that in the moment? Well, but doesn't it make good sense to do that, John? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Because I think it makes the most sense on the planet, right? Like, like I never understand whenever a boss is pissed that somebody has an opportunity that to improve, right? Sure. And, and we've all seen it. We've all known people who were like, man, I went in to go like tell my boss about this opportunity and they just treated me like shit afterwards. 
so two two and a half months ago, my one of the best employees that I've ever had the privilege of working around came in one day, handed me a two weeks notice. This was two and a half months ago. One of the best estimators I've seen in the business yet. And, and I, and I was a little shocked to the point of like, Hey man, you know, we got this team turned around. We got this building. I've laid off all of these people with you in the projection to always be here. We've talked about your five year plan. Like this is holy shit. This is a surprise. I was never cynical about that. I wish I absolutely still to this day, wish him the best of luck. Go get it, man. Um, because the move wasn't out of hatred. It wasn't out of this place sucks. I'm going to go find something better. Never taunted me. It was a life move for him. It was a better opportunity. Um, he wanted to be around his kids out in Colorado. Um, like there was a whole lot of things, right? Never, not, not an ounce of, um, of, pissed off or or anything like that or hatred towards the guy good luck man um to answer your question john when when i say hey man i hope i hope you go get it i really do they're coming from the d personality side there's a lot of me that says that because i know you won't (laughs) (laughs) oh 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 man you are that's cruelty at its finest i don't mean that to shit on people i just really mean like if you, if all of a sudden now you're going to get a wake up call and go kill it for somebody else, like you could have done that here for the last five freaking years and you didn't. Right. So now what's going to change? Maybe I motivate you to change, but that's somebody else's business. That's your business, right? That's not mine anymore. So wish you the best of luck, have fun. Um, you know, see you in the trenches. It's always my answer. Huh. That's, that's, Really but interesting to me. Let me let me tell you something. I I actually talked about this today. At no point have I ever just blatantly just shit on somebody and their family because look, I got family. I understand what it means to live paycheck to paycheck very well. Um, if somebody shit on me today, you know that would have a huge impact on Ooh. my life. Well, but, and and in these industries, you know, people who leave one position will show up again in another position then yep. that can be a positive experience for you that they're now a competitor but they have some loyalty to the fact that you've showed them some kindness and been fair with them you don't even have to show them kindness it's you were fair and you weren't a dick that pays dividends down the road even in a you know the dallas fort worth area um because you know we all kind of walk the same hallways if we stay in that industry yeah well the circles are smaller forget. than we think don't forget, there's a big difference between getting fired and let go. Oh, huge sure. Yo, oh, yes, right? sure, sure. So when, when I let go of people, I, I put all the factors in mind of, you know, hey, look, you you probably done this pretty well. You worked your butt off. It just didn't work out. Hey, you know, I'm going to cover you for the next couple of months while you get the opportunity to go find a job. You'll probably make out like a bandit because you're going to find a job in three or four days. I just can't have you on my payroll anymore because it doesn't make sense. That's let go right? Mm-hmm. Getting fired is you've done everything that you can do to lose your own job, right? Yeah, and you, you are nothing for me, right? So yep. there's a huge difference there. No, so, no doubt. And we run into that. Sure. So to get back kind of, kind of into the Q4 thing, right? I'm curious for you guys, when, when you're thinking about this year and we're, you know, still trying to figure out what the new normal is, even though I hate saying that, that phrase, how do you go about your planning for next year? Do you, oh. do you 
Go ahead, Clint. What do you got? Um, yeah, so don't take your bait. If you've been in business for, let's say, five to ten years or maybe even the longer the better, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen your trend lines come through 2008, 9, and 10, right? This isn't really that much different as far as economy-wise. I so agree. If you've been in business through not 2008, 2008 was the cause, right? 2009, 10, and 11 was the effect. If you've had a business that goes through that, that's the baseline you need to model this year going into 21, 22, 23 off of. That's my suggestion, right? But if you don't have if, that, if you don't have that, if you don't have that, here's what I tell you. Um, in 2018, and I'm hoping you've been in business that long because really, honestly, if you haven't been in business since 2018, your metrics and your baselines uh, really just, they're just not there regardless, right? Yeah. So you take the average of your best few months. So, so you can go monthly, go quarterly, right? It, take your baselines off quarters, not uh, 2020 versus 2019. Take your quarters and, and, and get a baseline. And I'm, I'm kind of getting into the nerdy version of the C's on the KPIs and goals here. But, but hey, look, I like them too, right? Because that's, I, I have to report to somebody way higher than me with projections and graphs and charts and explain all these numbers. So I, I get it very well. My suggestion is that if you made it through business through 2008, 9, 10, 11, that's your model for going from 20, 21, 22, 23. If you don't have that, look at your best, look at your best that you've had and the worst, I'm just going to guess that it's been in the last three or four months in most businesses. And, and honestly, wipe those off the face of the planet. Just wipe them out of there. Wipe them out of your goals. Wipe them out of everything that you're looking for because they're only going to drag your confidence down, your morale down. And, and really, honestly, there's nothing you could do about it. Get them out of your head. Get them, get them gone and, and move forward, right? What do I need to do to make January of 2021 successful and, and hit, that, hit that mark? So, Clint, for you, can, do you mind sharing what, what your quota was for this year, annual quota? 18 and a half million. 18 and a half million. So when you're thinking about next year, 24, Why 24, 24? And a half. Um, because the year before that we did 32 and okay. the year before that we did 30 and the year before that we did 31. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm saying, right. That baseline reading tells me I can do way more than a 16% growth because of a bad year. Okay. Right. But here's the thing is that 2019 for this organization that I'm in now, I've already outsold. Now that may not make sense to a lot of you, right? That, Hey, we did 30 million in sales, but my goal was less, but I did. So here's the thing. You're looking at a uh, net number, right? Net, right. And yeah, backlog yeah. roll, net backlog rolls into those years. So, so basically why we did 30 last year, we actually had a badass 40 or $50 million year the year before. Right. So that's why I say you got to go back and dip into those baselines from years past. You cannot just be stuck year to year. You can't do it. And the, the really thing, the, the thing that I think is important there, right, is that you can sell a lot and have no margin, right? And, and it sucks, right? You can sell a little and have really great margin and it's great, right? It doesn't necessarily, I, I love all these people who love to brag about like these big revenue numbers, right? Oh yeah, I did a million dollars. Okay. At what percentage? What's your OI? Yeah. What's your OI? Nobody right. wants to, nobody wants to talk about that. Oh. You know, there, there's this group and um, they're always bragging about how much they spend in ads for their clients. You know, we spend half a million dollars in Facebook ads, like every, every month. We know what we're talking about. Do you? 
like yeah. like 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 that number doesn't indicate that you know what you're talking about right because you could be setting half a million dollars a month on fire for your clients and and not, and not getting them <laughs> anything out of it but you know so for those who might not know, right, there's a difference between gross and net, you know, gross revenue is just money coming in the door. Your net revenue is like after your expenses and everything and Clint being at the position he is and, you know, Al being like an owner and myself being an owner. And I don't know how much uh, man has to deal with this, but you know, probably a little bit the, sure. the quality of the deals that you bring in is as important as the number of deals, right. And the revenue attached to them, you know, if you can now, and here's where you can get in trouble with that, particularly if you're a small businessman such as myself, you'll rob from Paul to pay Peter, right? Yeah. So you, it's cash flow, which is king. But at the end of the day, if there's no profit, guess what? Al is poorer than the poorest guy in, in, in his office, right? Mm -hmm. The guy that makes the least actually makes more than me. So you end up with this whole, Again, back to the margins and back back to your you know what your expenses are relative to getting that project or that sales done, right? Mm -hmm. So you you know you got to factor in all of those things and account for the expenses it takes to to lock a deal in. Yeah, and I don't really think I cared a whole lot about that what before I worked for myself, right? I like like looking back on some of my thought processes and mindsets whenever I was working, um, not so much for you, Al, because like, I, I think I'm starting to shift out of that after you, but like when I was working at the bank and selling cell phones and stuff, you know, I was just looking at it from like a numbers perspective. I wasn't looking at it from like a, like a net revenue, is this actually profitable kind of perspective, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like once you've got some control, right? Like, like even, even in like a situation where you're building your own book of business, you start looking at all of that stuff kind of differently, right? Like, you know, I you can invest, sure. well, you know, you should, yeah. You know, I, I, can, I can invest a whole lot of time to make a hundred bucks, but maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And for, yeah. for, for your stuff, right? Like what are your, what are your thoughts about your numbers this year versus like, what are you planning for next year? Well, this has been a good year. Um, I think for me, I have to just get more business. It, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, you can't just create, you can't have certain accounts just increase. Yeah. So I either need to bring in more accounts or other things for my bag. So that's basically what I look at. And as far as numbers, it's, it's been a, a good year. I think next year will be better, but awesome. we're always optimistic, aren't we? Yeah. Well, hopefully. Right. I mean, I, I think you have to have a certain level of optimism to be in, in a sales role. Right. I was going to say, I think, I think, you know, Nan, Nan and you guys are both right. You know, optimism is, is the emotion and the mindset, but you also have to, you know, disconnect from that and really do a cortical run at your business, how this year has affected you both positive and negative and, and how you capitalize on both of those, those, those equations, the negative side of this thing, you know, don't let it get too involved in your head, but recognize it. Um, things that have gone well and stayed the course during, during this uh, pandemic you know, if you got anything to latch on to, latch on to that and, and, and then build, build, you know, let that be your base and build from there. And like we said earlier, you know, learning what, what, 
has, if you are, have any success at this point in this, in 2020, then learn from that and improve 21 through that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we lost Clint a minute ago. His phone was dying. And so we thought we were going to make it through, but uh, we lost Clint, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I think we should, I, th I think that's a good place to wrap up. Do you guys, Al, do you, do you have any last words around? Uh, I, actually, I will, I'll wait for my turn, but I'll go, you know, anything. No, did, you, did you have something to say before we do the random? Well, no, like, like I, I, I'll just put it in my, in my, okay. in my section. Sounds so. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, fourth quarter on a unique year. I mean, it's going to mean, you know, that statement is going to mean something different to everybody that's listening and, and a part of this equation. Um, we're going to get through this. I know that, you know, there's, there's been some angst. There's been some emotion that's been put towards this. Um, I, I feel for people that have had been displaced in, in, in any capacity when it comes to, you know, their job or their, their situations financially because of this, um, weather the storm, stay the course, and you'll get through this. We always do. We Absolutely. always do. Awesome. Nanette? Very simple. There's always a silver lining. Look, everything has a silver lining. So just, you know, look for the positive. Yeah, I think Clint would say something about, you know, go win at something. Um, but, you know, for me, and I'm not a big rah-rah guy, right? Like, I'm not the most bubbly, motivationally driven person, you know, on this show. But, uh, you know, to Al's point, this has been an odd year for everybody. If you are still in the game, like, celebrate that success, right? Take a second to think about all the people, right? You know, we've been talking about on the show, people being laid off and furloughed and fired and everything else like this. If you're still in the game, even if you're struggling in this, that's a huge win, right? Take a moment to appreciate that you know, whether it's in your journal or however you, however you want to go about that, but then also be thinking about what you need to adjust for next year, because, you know, we don't really know exactly what next year is going to look like. So, you know, celebrate the wins, but just also be aware that, you know, it might not be the normal January. So make sure you're planned for that. Words. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, hopping in. Sorry that we lost Clint. Um, I'm sure he's probably drinking some beer and thinking about some golf. But um, if you're in sales and you're not sure how you're going to last your Q4, right? You're not sure how you're going to make it. Um, we're going to let Clint back in. He apparently figured something out. Um, so, you know, <laughs> if you're you know, struggling in Q4, you're not, you're not sure what to do, wh which end is up, you know, that's, it's pretty common. You know, there's lots of people in that same boat. Text us 817-345-7449. Reach out, ask questions. We'll talk about it here on the show if you're comfortable with that. We'll keep it anonymous if that's what you would prefer. But, you know, there's no real He's need to, to, to do it all by yourself. What's up, buddy? You figured out on, on, like how to plug in your phone to a charger? Is that what happened? Yeah, no, no, he's on, he, he's on a landline now. I had, I, had so, I had so much good stuff to say, but y'all are going to mess it. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe next time if you can figure out how to not hang out the phone. That, that'd be awesome. Deal. Deal. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Please like and share. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, if you're listening, please leave us a review. That's the biggest help you could do as far as helping us keep this going and in front of new people. And, you know, if you're struggling, reach out, you know, talk to people and surround yourself with other people who are also struggling and working at this as well, because you're the sum of the people you surround yourself with. 
So um, we'll see everybody next week. Cheers. Have a great night.